Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I don't like blood and guts. But I love them when they're lengthily Welcome, listeners, to this, the f- tenth and final episode of Spring King Fling Volume 1, probably. Yeah, V-O-L period 1. Yeah. That's uh, how cool we it is. Numeric or Roman or Arabic letters? Ooh. Gonna go with Roman. Yeah, me too. Um, because we know uh, Julius Caesar is a big listener. Was he Roman? Uh, yeah. Oh, good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't want to yeah. uh, uh, like say he, something s- quite so foolish. I up think top. he's probably the most Roman person you could ever think of. Oh, next so to by Roman me saying, plan. is he Roman? That was actually quite, quite so, so foolish. <laughs> no, I'm just saying you couldn't be more right, my friend. And um, speaking of my friend, my friend here is Paul Rust. Oh, my friend right here uh, is Matt Gorley. You know what also made me, made me look like a fool a little bit was when I was saying that my pants were around my ankles and I was holding a running uh, water hose and my eyes were crossed. Yeah. <laughs> You've, you didn't even mention that you're wearing flippers. Oh, well, that's how foolish I am. I, I think they're normal shoes. If you, you, you hadn't called them flippers, I would have got my normal shoes. Listen, this is with Gorley and Rust, where I, Mac Gorley, and he, Paul Rust, we take on the thrillers, the horrors, the, all the big franchises at one time or yeah. another. We tackle them at great length with great coziness and an easy listening. You can find out more on patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust for feature-length film commentaries, mm-hmm. mailbag episodes, discussions on Discord, bonus little postings, plus on our break after this, before we mm-hmm. get into our next series, which we'll talk about in a minute, we're going to do a, you know, we're going to drop some, at least this very special cozy bracket mm-hmm. episode. That's not going to be in place of anything. There'll still be commentaries. Yeah. We got Halloween four coming up as the next commentary. Yeah. 
and then the trustees get to vote. So if you want to hear more content and vote on what the film commentary is, go Pop to Patreon. on over. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and, uh, you know, as you were saying, the franchises there, we looked at, you know, I was thinking like, oh, you know, what's really fun about uh, franchises is you get to see um, uh, different eras of horror movies kind of unfold. Like, ooh, a little late 70s there, a little mid-90s with... Halloween H2O and the, you know, uh, but even these Stephen King movies have given us a nice little trip, I think through eighties and nineties, uh, horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even more than that, if you think about it from Carrie to the mist, we were um, spanning four four decades. decades. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. So we got seventies, eighties, nineties. Wow. Holy cow. That's right. And this movie, the mist, Mm -hmm. our final movie is very 2007, yeah, my man. Even in its documentary presentation of some cinematography, almost. Yeah, a little uh, Born esque. Yeah, Born esque mixed with The Office. <laughs> hey, people weren't willing to believe something at that time unless the camera was moving a little bit. Handheld, crash zoom, you bet. Hey, watch my KFC commercial, Luann Has a Knife which was an out-and-out office ripoff uh, where you see me tuck under a cubicle because people are like, Luann has a knife. Oh, somebody's going to come and massacre our work office (laughs) is the funny conceit. No, she has a knife because the chicken's so good she needs a knife to cut it. Why does that make chicken good? Mm, Because it's not just fucking bullshit chicken where you can just pick it up and throw it in your mouth it's like a real meal this was during i think during the like carl's jr like hey get out of the way wimps our food uh is like fred flintstone's little brontosaurus oh the rib yeah yeah yeah, you need a tip over you need poncho to eat this gallagher you're in the splash zone yeah i gotta say though matt i feel like anything i say from this point forward is completely invalidated by the fact that I said he's Roman, right? <laughs> You're still on I that? can't get off it. I'm really like, I lost anybody at the, the, the beginning there. I don't think so because it's really easy to confuse the Greeks and the Romans. For one thing, the Romans stole everything from the Greeks. Okay, so it's their fault. They're, they're sticky fingers. Of course it's their fault. Yeah. Of course it's their fault. Thank you. Who are you going to trust, Ares or Mars? Ares, because he got there first. I just, yeah, I was like, I can't talk about 2007 cinematography if I didn't know Julius Caesar. But okay, I think you okay. can. But yeah, the very office uh do you remember anything else that was, had, had uh, penetrated the culture, the, the office fever that everybody had? You mean... That like, like reality stock. look that uh, oh yeah I guess it was it also probably like post um, reality sh- uh, shows yeah, too for sure yeah I think everything felt like this it was probably right before found footage really got overused yeah all those things though were all going in the place found footage and uh, uh, comedy and then action movies they were all going to that. Uh, funny because when did um youtube pop it was like 2005 2006 yeah because i know that's when people were started saying like oh um comedy in movies even became more like low-key behavioral because people's bullshit meters of what was funny like changed a little bit because you're like i've seen real people 
slip into orange juice and shit their pants like <laughs> and play it real can you do that ace ventura i'd like to see that video oh, slip man, into too. orange juice there's a big pool of orange juice Why? on the ground and the the shock of the person who slips is so big that they shit their pants yeah they they didn't like it it was a angry <laughs> shit uh all right let's do a little bit of business here yes just so you know uh we'll be taking a break and we're going to release the long, estranged, in Myers We Trust episodes on Patreon. And the whole, all our children have come home to roost the prodigal son. I just thought right now, Mike, yeah. tonight the podcast comes home. Yes. It's like Michael returning. Yeah. Michael returning, the podcast returning to us is like Michael coming back to heaven. Tonight. The podcast came home. Yeah. We're going to release two episodes a week. <laughs> so that alone is worth getting on Patreon. <laughs> but if that weren't enough, we have the aforementioned cozy bracket where we take all the films from last since last year's cozy bracket and do a, a tournament style cozy to find the coziest film of the year. Then um, we'll be back. Yeah, that's going to be uh things are going to get heated. Oh, yeah. Not just because of the double layering of sweaters. Right. But the, the tension and pressure. I mean, we're talking, what are we up? We got King movies against Jaws movies against um, oh, one oh. all. No, the one-offs weren't in there. What what else was in there? Uh, no, they were. Uh, right, no, uh, but. Were they? No, no, no. You're right. They were. But uh, yes, all kinds of people in very warm clothes and warm settings. Yeah. The um, Christmas movies are in there. But I thought there was one. Oh, Scream. Scream. Yep. Yeah. I'm, am I forgetting something else? Hmm. I don't know. I remember those Sharky movies, though. Yeah, the Sharky's Machine. With, we should have done Sharky's Machine with Burt Technically Reynolds. That. God damn. Yeah, you know what I don't think will be high, uh, a big winner in the cozy bracket? Open Water. No, or Jack Frost. <laughs> Open Water and Jack Frost, I think, are going to be pretty uh, yeah. pretty, pretty low on the... Yeah. So we're coming back with Child's Play. Mm. In late June, early July. It's that's a bit right. of a longer break for us, but necessity dictates. But that's why we're going to beef up the Patreon while we're gone and mm -hmm. hope that you'll stay with us there for some regular contact and love. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, coming back, uh, uh, coming back uh, like Chucky um, did in the Child's Play sequels. <laughs> right? Yeah. He was there first and then he left and then he came back <laughs> like us. Well, let's, I've just got two baby xenomorphs to read. If you subscribe to Patreon at the baby xenomorph level, you get your name read. And that's Anna Albrecht and Alex Hubbard. Thank hey. you guys very much. All right. Um, all right. Cool. Here we are with 2007's The Mist. Yeah. On a... Could this not be a more beautiful day, beautiful. Matt? It's the opposite of a mist. It is. It's a very... It's clear, clear blue skies. Yeah. Uh, with white, fluffy, fluffy clouds, 67 degree weather. Yeah, kind of brisk. I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a, 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 a perfect day, non-mist, mm -hmm. and we're in the opposite of like a cold, sterile supermarket. We're in your cozy office here. Do you mean food house? Yes. <laughs> Grub station. Uh, um... Although, um, I guess I, I love a movie set in a supermarket, Me though. too. How That's many a, do you got, other than the opening of Cobra? What else is set in the... 
Oh, oh, I didn't even mean like it's part of the genre. I'm oh. like, I just love a movie, and this is the yeah. l- the only other famous super corp cobra, and then uh, uh, uh um, well, Mr. Mom, of course. Oh my gosh, what was I gonna? Uh, oh, oh, Raising Arizona has that really oh, great yes. chase through a thing. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's pretty brief. Yeah, not it enough is supermarket that, movies. Isn't that funny that? What probably in our life, eighty percent of it's been at a supermarket. No, but a lot of times been at a supermarket. A lot of time bumping into people you wouldn't mm. expect. Right. So you think it? I wonder. I wonder if it's this, Matt. Location wise, seems like a bit of a high budget thing to nail down for a movie or TV show. Yeah. A lot of extras, a whole thing, and then if you try to build it, they look super phony. Do you think this one looked phony? No, no, this no. I'm good. just saying if a uh, uh because yeah. it's the set, you know, right. they had to make it look good. But if you were just like quickly having to like have a scene in a grocery store and you just built a set for it, I could see how. I bet it's also difficult to shoot. You don't get a lot of creativity because you can basically shoot down the aisle and it's probably hard to shoot. Yeah. You know, you're limited because oh. it's a long thin aisle. And products. If you don't have yes, clearance and call. stuff, you're That's like, right. how do you do like stop and have two people talk in an aisle without like over their shoulder is a distracting like right uh del tante <laughs> green boons they can't even say green beans <laughs> del tante green boons mm. the closest they could get was the color is accurate <laughs> del tante green boons <laughs> that's the episode description for this thank you oh I'm good write that down del- you can um 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 yeah you can't get sued for color so you can say some vegetables are green. You have to call them boons and forget about trying to say Del Monte. Del Tante green boons. How would you spell boons? Um, uh, Why do I want it to be B-O-U-N-S? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Green boons. Great boons. Um, so what's, what's your history with the mist? What's your mystery? My history with the mystery. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh, I saw it once. I uh, uh really enjoyed it. Watched it again. Really, really enjoyed it. I first saw it with uh my wife when she and I were dating, Aww. and she was like, "Ooh, I've always wanted to see the mist." And I was like, "Me too." So we put on the mist, and we had a great time. Yeah. And I remember the the most memorable in terms of like history was. When the first kid gets attacked, when the garage door, the back warehouse oh, Norm. thing, Norm, yeah. yeah, when he gets attacked, I remember Leslie and I turning to each other and be like, "Oh, this is awesome! What a cool movie!" Oh. So, um, and then of course, I remember the ending, yeah. the last scene, and I remember. Not knowing the specifics of the last scene, but hearing beforehand that it was like a surprise bummer. <laughs> so I was. That's a funny way to put it. Yeah. Instead like, of a twist ending, it's a surprise bummer. Yeah. It was like a dark, dark ending. And so I was anticipating it. Uh, so it maybe didn't ca- catch me as off guard as it would if I had been mm-hmm. seeing it in theater opening night. Um, and then so revisiting it, um, that was probably biggest difference I had was uh, in the second watch was the um, uh, my feelings about or my different feelings about the ending Mm -hmm. and then um, I also just forgot about 
Um, I knew like there was that cool twist of like, oh, a half hour and you're seeing a lot of the monster. They're not doing like slow burn stuff. Right. It's like really pretty immediate that somebody gets attacked. And I also forgot about like, oh, but I remembered that, but I forgot like, oh, other cooler things. Like it, it's like an hour left. It's in the middle of the movie when what you think would be like the end is when yeah. like they come in and break through and people are getting attacked and they're setting them on fire and stuff. Like I thought it was like, Lots of interesting, unexpected things were happening. Um, but when they left the supermarket, though, like when they went into the pharmacy and stuff, I was like, well, if this is supposed to be like the thing um, or uh, uh, what's another uh, uh, alien. They never in the thing, they can't like ever leave the ice like right. and an alien. They can't leave the spaceship. So as cool as I thought that was walking around in a misty town and going into abandoned misty pharmacies and st- uh, misty pharmacies i was like uh well this doesn't make it more suspenseful or sp- i'm jumping all over the place but well yeah, yeah. i see what you're, i mean they basically left a grocery store for a drugstore just right next door that's true yeah uh i mean the main uh headline i'll say about this but also all the king movies i think maybe the best thing you can say about this series so far of the movies we watched um it's given us the opportunity, I think, to see the best actors give the best performances. I think yeah. these last 10 movies. Yeah. And so uh, just getting to see uh, actors like Marcia Gay Harden and uh, William Sadler and Francis, not Steenburgen, was it Francis? Uh, Sternhagen. Yeah, yeah, from Misery, getting yeah. to see her bop back up. It's the, like, just really love all of the performance and or like Gary Busey in uh, Silver Bullet like right. that's a really great uh engaging actor doing a great performance so i think that was like my main takeaway i was like oh i really like uh the unexpected story stuff and then the what about you what about you what's your first uh impression of the mist and well beyond? i saw this on video a few years after it came out mm-hmm. i think i don't remember how much longer and so i didn't know anything about the ending and it really worked on me mm-hmm. i really liked the movie mm-hmm. i was really worried that it wasn't going to hold up mm-hmm. i know the effects i remember at the time forgiving the effects because i thought the movie was mm-hmm. so good and obviously yeah this movie does seem very dated but mm-hmm. i i think it really holds up fairly well. I think so too. Yeah. yeah I really like this movie. Me and too. I think if I were seeing it for the first time now, I don't know because the ending would bum me out so bad. I'm just not into that kind of ending anymore. Yeah. But the fact that I knew it going in. Yeah. I was anticipating it the whole movie and I didn't remember how well acted it was. Like even Thomas Jane at the ending there is yeah. so, yeah, I don't mean great. to say even like we should be surprised, yeah. but he just doesn't normally play in roles where this kind of human trauma has to show itself. You know, we know him as the Punisher and hung and deep blue sea. And Oh uh, yeah. That's funny that um, his thing a lot of times is this kind of like Eastwoody, mm-hmm. Like reserve, and if it's anything emotional, it's like hothead. And even in this, that's the case really up yeah. until that moment. So it's such a yeah, it's such a like effective turn. Yeah, I loved his whole um little uh like beginning and end because like um it was an unlikely beginning of uh, you, uh when the tree goes through the window, and he says uh. Um, 
Oh, don't worry. It's just stuff. It, we're safe. Um, that's like the end point for most characters in horror movies. Yeah. They go like, well, yeah. it didn't matter. We're all still alive. So I was like, that's pretty interesting that like he's already got his head screwed on straight. It's not like he was at an important business meeting and he missed when the tree almost killed his kid. And he was like, well, it's yeah. fine. It didn't kill him. And now we got to wait the whole fucking mist for him to figure <laughs> out that he needs to be, you know? So I thought that was cool. Well, I like that too. Yeah. Let's talk about that because originally I believe there was a subplot about the, the affair that his character was having with, the um I can't remember the character's name Amanda or Amanda uh, Angela Amanda uh, no. yeah uh, um, Arnie uh, yeah <laughs> it was it started with A Amanda Adolf, it was Arnie. Adolf Adolf yeah yeah oh like Hitler yes, yes. that's why I should have stuck out who was a Roman yeah <laughs> was he Roman yeah <laughs> and I'm kind of glad that's not in the movie there's only yeah. one vestige of it I found when Marsha Gay Harden they're trying to get the boy from the group. And she said, let's also take the whore. Oh. And it makes you think like this is very, it, the town's very aware of this. That they've affair. been knocking boots. Yeah. And it, it would seem a little tropey for this guy to be this flawed guy that's having an affair and he learns what's important. So I'm kind of glad it wasn't in there because all the characters almost played against type. The fact that Ollie Toby Jones was kind of the badass in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I know. I want a full movie about him. I definitely want to know what his home life is like. I want to know his home life. I want to see a whole movie based on how he won the 1994 marksmanship <laughs> medal. Got that medal. Like I want a Karate Kid style movie about him like... But then Learning he's also like kind of a nihilist, better. like knows all his philosophy and religion. And, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, um who are some of the uh, uh, other uh, actors? Oh, um, uh, Andre Bauer. Yeah. He's really fantastic. He's too. always good. Um, the, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, uh, Marsha Gay Harden uh, like gets to have really, well, I'm saying this, like she gets to have like great scenes of being like a fun religious fanatic and you wouldn't be able to have stuff like that if you're having to do a bunch of stuff about Thomas Jane and this woman falling in love. And then yeah. you'd have to have the part where they start falling out and then they'd get back together for the last, like, I love it when, uh, uh, if a love story is not necessary and a thing to just get it out. Yeah. Especially in this case, cause you keep thinking there's these two very lead looking actors and you kind of like, why isn't there a romance? Cause you're so conditioned to expect that. Yeah. Well, I wonder if particularly in these siege movies, because the thing is all male, so there's no romance in those stories. And in Alien, there's no romance stories. So not yeah. to say that those movies are like, this is ripping it off, but it is like, if you're learning from good stuff, there must be some right. understanding. I mean, The Abyss has a huge like emotional relationship story in the center, and people fucking hate that movie. Do they? No, I was kidding, oh. <laughs> but I just mean like it's not a beloved uh, James Cameron movie out of oh. out of all of them. I mean, The Abyss is great. I'm just saying, like, seen it people don't like seeing. Out. If you're already trapped in a place, you don't want to be with like an unhappy married couple. That's true. So, like, just seeing a group of strangers maybe 
figure shit out or not figure shit out is more compelling than... I think you're forgetting about Ernest Borgnine and Shelley Winters in The Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> they have a log. Well, you know what? I actually love the... This history in this is... And I know this was another uh, inspiration was the monsters on uh, Maple Street, uh, Maple Drive, uh, the, the Twilight Zone episode oh. where like the... Power goes down and the people start to suspect who's behind it and then who's going to protect each other. Um, and I actually prefer those, uh, that setup. Same with this kind of, cause I liked all the townie history tension yeah. coming out of like, you're just mad because I sued you and, right. and you've always had a thing because in the thing and like alien, like their histories are not, not nothing. It's just like, fairly uncomplicated we've just been working for a while oh yeah when francis sternhagen says to william sadler you know you were always a shit student or whatever yeah 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 shames him into going is so great exactly yeah and it's different than night of the living dead which doesn't have many like deep history connections that can get like inflamed yeah because people are i mean there's a mother and a or a daughter with a mom and dad but um yeah, so the uh uh I yeah, to them not to have this romance and it would have definitely not worked if uh it had been set up that way where he leaves his I mean he's already kind of a shit dad a bit in this movie cuz like uh I mean if he left his wife behind for her to die in the mist and then he's like going and knocking boots with another lady before he even knows she's, they'd have to set it up differently. They, he'd have to yeah, be like a widower in you, a ho- for this movie to work. I think if he were having an affair, you mean you, you couldn't start it that way where I wonder how it was integrated. I felt like it was more just like known or maybe a past affair. I don't think you would have seen it. I mean, it's so funny movie eye, movie brain that operates when you're watching a movie and you go like, well, his wife is not famous or a super hottie. I know. So she's not going to stick around. It's such a funny, like, um, oh, form of bigotry. You're like, I does. You're just like, bye. But what if we also call it those, those extra textual clues that you can't help but notice? But yes. it's interesting having just watched Cujo that that version of this is in Cujo where right. D. Wallace is having an affair with Kemp, the local stud. I know. And I thought, I actually thought about, about the comparison to Cujo and I was like, oh, Cujo kind of throws down the gauntlet even more because, uh, yeah, it's a mother doing it, which would have yeah. inflamed. But like the, um, uh, it, just in terms of what people are traditionally see in movies and TV yeah. shows. But the, um, but the mist is good because I, I think I do like. Uh, you can't say this about because it seems like people just do different things with Stephen King, so it's not necessarily in his hand anymore. But I do like maybe more the ensemble stuff sometimes than the. Uh, triangle i don't know that's too broad of a no, i'm with you i love the whole ensemble this could almost be a play yeah almost. yes if you did two one acts and the first one was the mist and then intermission and you come back for a one act of maximum overdrive oh you just redress the set you know? same same cast same cast repertory uh-huh and some of the smaller parts in the first one get to play the bigger parts and yeah. vice versa yep yeah actually oh. yeah 
you're you talk about extra textural. The the thing that would happen would be like you're sitting the first time and you're like, well, that guy who's playing like the mechanic is actually really good. I don't <laughs> yes, know why he doesn't have yes. a bigger part. And then you see the second and you're like, oh, because he's got a huge part yes. in Maximum Overdrive <laughs> one act. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, oh, and uh, we, that reminds me, it would have just come out. We got a great mailbag question uh, on the most recent one about what Broadway versions of a horror movie we oh, would yeah. want to. And uh, we didn't bring up the shark movies then, but I later thought like a Jaws, like a live Jaws musical <sighs> would be good. But this idea of like a maximum overdrive musical like, can you imagine just like constructed trucks oh. and coming out uh, you, looking over at your friend and having a big engine drop on his head? Oh my God. Oh. Stunts like that, you know? You can see the squibs in my dress <laughs> before they go off. Uh, we'll reach a future, Matt, where you can type in her singing. You can see the squibs under my dress, and then yeah. it like forms, and then like people come out like seeing it for you. Oh, it's gonna happen. That would be heaven. That's. It's not gonna be heaven. It's gonna be reality that you experience, my What's friend. What's the difference, man? But yeah, dude. Think about, think it, about it, man. it. Shit. <laughs> the casting in this movie is so good mm-hmm. for the reasons why. When you've got Toby Jones as kind of ends up playing a badass. Yeah, people are played against type. I also love Marsha Gay Harden's character. Every time I think, oh, this is the only overwritten and overwrought part Mm -hmm. of the classic like Bible thumper. But then she curses a lot and they don't make anything out of it. They don't sit there and go like, wow, she sure curses a lot for a Jesus lady. No, she's she's just an angry woman who's using the Bible to get out her rage and stuff. And I, I love that little nod and it made her kind of stereotypical character yeah. work to me. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I think somebody brought this up on the uh, Patreon, but like, I mean, we've talked about a little bit, just sort of the, um, uh, what's, what would you call it? Um, when somebody's um, a skeptic, just like a religious skepticism that's been going on in all these movies. There were some points when uh, Marsha Gay Harden was like, uh, you don't understand. There are monsters in the mist that you can't see. I was like, oh, this is Children of the Corn yeah. uh, with the yeah. uh, behind the rose. But um, in that, both of those, they're both right. Yes. Uh, their reasons for why it's happening that they explain it are wrong. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, but just a quick review, like at no point is anybody a zealot in these movies that it's good. Like right. just recently, like Carrie's mom. Yeah. And uh uh the the priest in Silver Bullet. Right. All over the place. And it seems to be like um Children of the Corn, like um if it's uh exploited, right? It's not if you believe that's necessarily the problem. It's like people who use it to do bad yes. things. Right. Yeah. And I guess her bad thing was uh I mean, I gotta say, if the one person who says like these come from God to smite us has a bug come up to her face and look at her and fly away, uh-huh. I'd be like, I trust her. Now, also, I'm very susceptible. <laughs> like when I saw like the seven cool people who were like hanging out in the aisle while she was like 
giving a sermon and everybody was listening and they're like, God, they were like the cool yeah. kids in the in the lunchroom. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, can you believe this the fucking bullshit? I was like, I would not have been with those cool kids. I would have been there being like, yes, uh, this is happening because I masturbated too much. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that bug didn't eat her? Cause of God. Why? There's a theory that it wasn't touching her flesh, but that didn't matter for Norm. Dear Norm. Hmm. Well, I'd imagine if they are these like weird interdimensional creatures, they have the capacity that like even some like our animals have like dog doggies and stuff that they can sense something. Hmm. And if they're, ooh, I hadn't thought about this, but if they're just like, um, they, they don't necessarily believe in her, they just can sense a zealotry that would be useful mm. to like get other people together. <laughs> so I don't know. Or, just like, oh, this is a fellow evil person or fellow or, malicious. Or just the zealotry translates to like overripeness of like, oh, no, this is bad. I don't want to eat this one. <laughs> Overripeness is right. Yeah, you're kind of like, oh, I've seen like those raspberries that get yeah. kind of mushy. It's, I'm not putting my egg sack in this. That's host. funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, what do you think? Why do you think that? I don't know. I really don't. I just got distracted, or um, this but- movie does a pretty good job of telling you enough to make you fully understand what's happening. But yeah, you don't you don't have the details which i like and also you yeah. like there's no breakdown on the species and what they do from bug to bug to bug cuz yeah. the last thing you expect is a giant kaiju bug at the end no That's so cool that is cool and yeah getting you know like i said it's not like the slowest of burns but it is cool that they have stuff in their ammo you get to see it get bigger and bigger each yeah. time definitely yeah. yeah and uh uh yeah, and I feel like it does, um, like, yeah, with the explanation and stuff, like, really loved all of that, like, didn't get too much explanation up top, and then once it got a little bit with just that military guy, that was, like, enough to pique my fascination, but not spoil it or whatever. They shot a scene in the lab where the mist gets... I heard, yeah. ...like, uh, escapes, and it's so smart that they didn't put it in. Yeah, you know what I thought was funny um, when they attack the military guy after he's like confesses, oh, they were working with scientists to open up a dimension, a hole. Um, Like, I thought, oh, this is like a, um," and then the mob turns on him and kills him. I was like, this is like a part B to the regular story of the military is trying to get the alien or the creature for biochemical weaponry reasons. It's like, okay, they did, or that's what they were getting involved in. The military was getting involved in weird science stuff. That's causing problems. But then the mob gets like an opportunity to be like, Hey, fuck you. (laughs) Like kill the guy. Yeah. 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 That was also unexpected. That military guy is the voice of Darth Maul. Not originally, not Peter Serafinowicz in, in Phantom Menace, but in the cartoons and also in the solo movie. Okay, so he got the in the solo movie the voice. Yeah. Hmm. So, how does that work? Like, whoever is the most recent voice of Darth 
Maul gets to like say that at the conventions. Good question. Is it like a, I don't think Peter Serafinowicz is going to the conventions anyway because he's shit talked that experience. It's it's pretty funny uh, about being uh, replaced for well about doing it in the first place, but then not I replaced, think, but whatever that I think was, that was may so be it. why he got replaced, why he didn't get asked back. Oh, because he was uh, said something. Well, he can say whatever. He's the funniest person. He really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I forget. It's on some podcast or some interview or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think who I would went to piss off least like uh the cia or like the brain trust at lucasfilm oh the cia <laughs> well i want to be in both but i'd rather be in lucasfilm um i don't really want to be in the cia but i want to be in the movie version of the cia you know what i mean yeah and just um get some i'm not in get some good C- no no and if you were you would have to say that. No, if you were not, you wouldn't ever have to say that. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I forget, but I'm definitely not. Either way, I'm definitely not in the CIA. And this podcast is not a recruiting tool for the CIA. No. Um, and I know some of you have said, oh, it's weird. Sometimes I feel like there's like a quiet whisper underneath when you guys <laughs> talk. So like, That's stupid. so weird. That's so stupid. Well, because Break out your tinfoil hat. Yeah. Know? The boys at Langley would be just laughing about that. Yeah. So, oh, Chuck. Yeah, he'd be good. A huge yeah. fan. Uh, the, uh, uh, speaking of um, um, conspiracies, whether they be um, supernatural religious or otherwise Mm -hmm. um uh that seemed to be the the big sticking points of of the mist which side are you gonna take yeah um except um oh 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 so can we just go do we go back to how thomas jane is like he's a bad dad in this just because he leaves his kid behind and goes to the pharmacy i mean often yeah and there's plenty of other Seemingly single men that could be taking these missions. Yes. There's a point where the kid goes, dad. Yeah. Dad. And it cuts to him with his back to camera as he's got like a stick and he's beating like a big flaming bug. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, he doesn't need to be doing that. And I don't know if the movie knows like, uh, yeah. and also just his like, uh, the beginning when it's like, what about mommy? She's okay. Yeah. Huh? Like, or have some moment of like, I'm totally in my mind. No, she is dead, and I have to fight through this to be there for this. Just guy just seemed kind of like, well, she wasn't a movie star, so it's okay. Uh, is this because the, the switch has not flipped yet, even in history about how dads should be present for their children? Is this like a holdover from that? But you're also forgetting that he does get him a comic book. No, because I think like it's like (laughs) your dad, the dad thing as old as time is you're supposed to like protect. So there was just times when it's like, I don't see the kid anywhere at the supermarket right now. He does just hand him off to a woman. Yeah. And then then also just like being like, right. And uh, he says to him what he's like, I might not come back. I know. So make sure he's looked after within earshot of the kid. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be on the 
psychiatry couch for the rest of my life talking about the time I overheard my dad told a stranger woman I might not come back look after him. Except I won't because I was sleeping and could have been killed in my sleep, but I, I woke up to get killed. <laughs> he woke up. He's like, sorry, I got uh, knocked out there. Uh, um, and also, yeah, just uh, uh, as a, forget the father stuff, just as a, yeah, uh, a husband. Yeah. There wasn't ever a moment where he had to fight the feeling of like, I got to get back to I her. Know. It was just like, sorry. That miss probably hit that farm before it even hit the the supermarket. Yeah, I just so. don't think I realized that. I must be a bad dad. No, <laughs> uh, uh, you um, you're a bad uh, supermarket owner. You haven't talked once about the property damage. <laughs> <laughs> the other little gripe I have too is, guys, figure out the window situation. Instead, you those big pink, like even before creatures showed up and it was just gas outside, I'd be like, let's break down some cardboard boxes, line up the gap. This is so makes us so vulnerable, yeah, having just giant panes of glass. And then when they started breaking through, everybody was like, tree, it was like. It's like January 6th. How, how I was like, how is this happening? We never knew this was happening. I think that's the origin of this movie is Stephen King was in a supermarket and saw these big panes of glass and thought like, what if a bunch right. of insects came? And then them stacking up dog food. I'm going to tangent for just a second. Please. Because it reminded me of one of my favorite things in Christmas Vacation, which is kind of often missed when I show people this. Missed? Yes. <laughs> Maybe your listeners, you'll go, oh, no, I caught that. I caught no, that. I don't. Oh, I when don't know this. He and when Clark Griswold and his cousin Eddie are shopping and they're just just a like, I think, a single take. He's got a the shopping light bulb. Cart. Yeah, the light bulb. <laughs> Eddie's loading the giant bags of dog food across the, the cart. And then Clark puts a light bulb on there and then he loads another thing and it just goes. <laughs> but also one of the bags of. Dog food is named Old Roy. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed that. That's good. Yeah. And they never, they, oh, it's just so funny. That's really fantastic. But uh, that, the, we, earlier you brought up the skeptics versus the r- religious people. And th- it seems like the religious people probably survive because they stay in that supermarket, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of like then sort of gets to like what the the takeaway of the ending is because I I oh. I tried to make sense of it as like is hopelessness and nihilism the that choice to to go for as as a a person to be like this is a hopeless situation. I'm going to shoot everybody in the car with the remaining bullets. Yeah. Is that its own sort of cult-like fanaticism as the group of people who all got, mm. like, the movie is sort of going, uh, it's not uh, answering anything, it's just kind of going like, these are questions. What's better to kind of like go down the imaginary route of full, like this is happening because we're bad people and we're coming to get punished or to be so hardened into reality and uh, a, a sort of pessimism of like, this is a hopeless situation. I can't find uh, 
the grace of God in my heart to believe that there's a hopeful thing. And then each of those paths can get you messed over. But the fact that, yeah, I didn't even think about then it doesn't cut back to the religious people like dancing and be like, you were right. Nini, con con I didn't think that was the message of the film. If anything, it's just a nihilistic twist. I didn't actually take I don't think that is either. Yeah. I'm just saying like, given the face of what it's presenting, right. us, I'm trying to like make sense of what that ending it's is. It's just the biggest... I don't know if we should talk about the ending yet. Maybe we should okay, say sure, it sure, the sure. End, Well, whatever you would have said. I don't know. I mean, we've <laughs> covered general thoughts. Want to yeah. dive into it? General thoughts. Uh, yes, let's dive into it. Where was general thoughts when you needed them? The military is to blame for all of this. Yeah. General thoughts and Admiral thinking about it twice. <laughs> well, speaking of the ending in an oblique way, as we're getting into Logo Loco with oblique, not films. Oblique. Oh, very bleak. Oh, very bleak. <laughs> Uh, I guess Darabont shopped this around and had a lot of interest, but they all wanted to change the ending and only Weinstein would agree not to change the ending. And that's why it was at Dimension Films with a lower budget. Oh, and then Lionsgate eventually uh, released it. Is that because the thing I saw was like a logo. My logo logo was a Lionsgate. Oh, mine was Dimension Films. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, my Lionsgate, it was all quiet during the logo. So I wonder if that was partly, I was like, why is it so quiet? Mm. Um, and it was like dark clouds and stuff. Did you watch the black and white, by the way? I didn't. I couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, interesting. I just got 40 minutes into it. And I was like, oh, F. I could. I was supposed to watch the black and white. It is, uh, as far as I can tell, unavailable anywhere but the Blu-ray. Oh. I, I didn't have the Blu-ray. I thought I could find it somewhere. Mm. I'm surprised. You didn't uh, think about like, oh, I'm going to change the... Oh, I should. Oh no! I just killed the color receptors in my eyes, and <laughs> yeah, the. Um... I mean, I'm technically red green colorblind, so I did see a little bit more of the black and white version than you did, <laughs> and everybody did. Um, I was watching the desaturated version of the mist before it was cool. Yeah, before it was cool. Before they sold out. Yeah. Before they before it went on a major label. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. So, uh, <laughs> the, uh, black hearted Weinsteins were like, <laughs> we're, we're on board with this ending. I will say yeah. also another, oh, 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 bleak way of talking about the ending is, um, I did think it was funny that after we watched all 10 Stephen King movies, that this little run just ended with that. Oh. I was like, oh my God. No kidding. Why could have we ended with Silver Bullet? Oh God, I know. It did end with four Silver Bullets. Oh boy. But, yeah, uh, what an ending to a series. Jeez. But what an ending. Hey, maybe it was the ending to have. Yeah, could have been. I couldn't think of anyone that would pack such a wallop. Amanda and I were trying to figure out if we'd watch this together. And I kept thinking, no, we haven't. And she thought we did. And then she watched the first half with me last night and didn't. And then I was finishing it up this morning and she came in right at the end. And I said, don't, you don't want to see this. You don't want to see this. And yeah. After I told her and she goes, you're right. I, I would have been so mad if I watched that movie and that was the ending. Oh, right. Especially if you didn't get the, um, any kind of, yeah. Like you felt like you put time into it and sort of got. Yeah, I'm surprised I like the ending. I think it's just because it's so well done. I guess maybe we are talking about the ending. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, that's great. I yeah, it is well done. I when I first saw it, I liked it. And yeah. It's not to say that the second time I didn't like it. The first time I saw it, I liked it because it was like um 
Well, normally, anytime something unexpected happens, I just admire that I wasn't, I like it for the very reason that I didn't expect it and it surprised me. Yeah. So I, and the fact that exactly what you said, it was like, well done. It was a well done surprise. Um, it, I liked it. I think, um, yeah, the second time I watched it, I liked it less. And I think it was because I was sort of searching for like, well, you can be bleak, but I want to know, like, not even, like, why. I just kind of want to be pushed in a direction of, like, because that's how things are. This or, was bleak for the twist. You, yeah, yeah, or because that's what, what people do, right? Or that's what people, that's what happens, huh? Like, some sort of ending like that to kind of, mm, like... yeah. The movie didn't feel like up until that point it had that brain or soul to kind of at the end go I like, see. I mean, it has a fairly misanthropic view of people here and there, yeah. but not not enough to make me think Thomas Jane is going there. So I don't know. And, and Even thing, though you, he's doing it out of mercy? Yeah, but that's still like a non-heroic choice. Because, but the heroic just, choice is that he has no bullet for himself. I know, but just like logistically, I also kind of thought like, it's a little like when we talk about, um, you know, you don't like it when somebody in a movie sacrifices because the plot, yeah. once that character is a sacrifice, yes. you're like, they didn't really, I, I didn't feel like the situation this time around was like bleak enough yeah. to make somebody throw in the towel reasonably. There's no bugs at their threshold at that moment. They and it's just, just sounds. a big one. Yeah. So I did it. It didn't seem like enough of a, um, oh my God, the corner, the spikes coming down by our face. The room is trapping in. There is truly no hope here, which maybe is like not the point. No, I see what you're saying. Um, but then, uh, the, 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 the last thing that then kind of rattled me was sort of like, oh, I don't like that to have the response of I didn't care for that or I didn't like that is like, um, it feels like a little bit like when an edgelord like tells like an edgelord joke and you, you just don't think the joke is funny yeah, and you don't laugh. And then I go, like, oh, snowflakes a little too touchy. Oh, yeah, and you're yeah. like, no, I just don't, the joke isn't funny. Yeah. You're not shocking. It's just not effective. Yeah. I think yeah. if it was like, if it had some sort of philosophical touch to it, that kind of would rattle me. Then I would be like, oh, I, I get, you got me, buddy. I get, you know, but yeah. because of this happened, I was just sort of like, oh, Yes, it is. It's it's an overall bleak movie for it to end bleakly. But I, yeah, I, I see buy what that. You're I buy it's, it. It's a circumstantial ending in service of a twist rather than a theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think about it that way. I think that's true. Here's a grim question: What order did he shoot them in? Oh I mean, my god! I think it's probably pretty clear. But well, I'm trying to think of how I saw the muzzle move around and it did oh you seem, do well oh. just outside the car it didn't seem like the front happened yeah well he's he gotta shoot his son first right he has to because he, he's asleep and if he he's woke not up, asleep he's awake he woke up but he, that's why he has to shoot him first because his son's gonna be like right and then i think he has to shoot the woman holding the son 
and then Francis <laughs> Sternhagen. And then- yeah, but when I replay it in my mind where the muzzle went, it did seem like he shot the man first. And it's like, that's a hard road to put Francis Steenberg uh, down if she was shot last. Right? Yeah. Now, if it was me, <laughs> what order do you choose the four? It would be... And then fuck, Mary kill. Yeah. After. Uh, <laughs> kid, wife-to-be, <laughs> old lady. Because his other wife's dead, you mean? You like- know what? It's the order you let somebody out of an elevator. Yeah. You go, kid, woman... Old lady, ooh, you should maybe do old lady, but if the woman's with the kid, you let the woman and the kid go together. True, because you also, at that point, you're moving in one direction. You don't want to have to turn and shoot and then go back the other direction. It is fully elevator logic. It is, which is like, even if an old lady and old man would have hierarchy to get out of the elevator first, if they're in back, it's just insane to like make them get out first. Yeah. So you kill the the woman and the kid, the the old people. Yeah. But um, and I did like his uh, response. His acting was really oh, good. Of like, so good. You're like, oh my god, I did it, and I like did the thing you're never supposed to do. Uh, and I didn't even do it out of like rage or. Oh, and then he tries to shoot himself with no bullets. I mean, that was yeah. to me very effective. Yeah, no, me too. Let me, me too. throw something at you. I'm not that Frank Darabont. He's good. I really mm-hmm. like him. Yeah, this is a fairly. You could put this in a post 9/11. Obviously, it is time wise chronology, yeah. but I think we're still in that realm of. 9-11 filmmaking, post-9-11 filmmaking. Oh, yeah. I wasn't bullshitting about that 2007 thing. This is No Country for Old Men yeah. and There Will Be Blood, Michael Clayton. There was such a darkness. The road. So, yeah. yeah, post-9-11, post-Iraq war. That's why yeah. I think there is a theme in this, but it's metatextual. It's, it's zeitgeisty. It's the culture. It's this nihilism of... Yeah, you know, when death and you know, when that young boy, like when the young guy dies in the back, I was like, oh, this feels like totally post 9 11, war in Iraq. Frank Darren, uh, Darren was trying to figure out, like, this young guy's like, I don't care, I'm gonna go up and fight it. Yeah, and then you have some macho older guy being like, well, he should be able to go off and fight. Don't, don't stop him. But it's really, he's doing because he wants to protect himself. Yeah. So he's letting somebody else, go, a young man go into danger. And then you have Thomas Jane and the other like sort of like pragmatic thinking people being like, uh, you're, you can't see anything and you're getting scared of this thing that like, um, what was it? He says something like, I don't think you guys are really taking the time to think about what you're doing. It was like, sort of like what you would be saying to George uh, W. Bush. You'd yeah. be like, Oh yeah. Like when he's like, you guys want to open up this thing and let them in here so you could fight them. What? I don't think you're thinking this through. It was kind of like, you're not thinking through the, how we're going to invade Iraq or yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say in most of these movies, there's always the skeptic and in real life, that's the best thing I think you could be yeah. in the movies. You're always hating them because you know the truth. There's something supernatural and stuff. This movie 
up to the point when that guy gets sucked under the, the door, yeah, there's just banging on the door and a mist. And yeah. so I am with the cynics or the not the cynics, no, the yeah, skeptics. Yeah. And I too would have been like, what are you talking about? It's people don't lose your minds. There's a fog yeah. and some noise. Yes. Just, yeah, yeah. Let's go home. Everybody go home. Just drive safely. I loved it. I mean, I, I would have like, been killed, but I think still. like right before uh, William Sadler got like punched by uh, uh, after the kid gets killed yeah. and he's trying to give his explanation and Thomas Jane like punches him. The last thing he says, like, he was like, I thought it was like a big bird. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> I would too. Like yeah. you go back there. I'm like, logic's going to tell me it's yeah. probably more of a bird than yeah. uh, some tentacles. Or I would say what the owner said, this is one of my favorite lies is like, uh, I think I see tentacles coming out of your guys' beer cans. <laughs> they had too much to drink. Another seeing <laughs> hallucinating. <laughs> Can we take a pee break? Of course. All right. The mist, we'll just call it. Ew. Occasionally, we'll still name these. With Corley and Rust. With I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Well, we got as far as Logo Loco. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, what was the next thing? Oh, well, we you got, see him painting pictures. He's Drew Struzan. Drew Struzan. Yeah. Uh, he's... Uh, I love Drew Struzan. Oh, what's not to love? Um, I have a coffee table book of uh, Drew Struzan art with oh, his thoughts yeah. on the matter on yeah. different art and stuff. Follow the man on Twitter. Oh yeah, uh huh. Get to see a lot of like good stuff. I love his like comedy ones a lot, like the Police Academy oh, stuff. God. Like, they're, yeah, they're he's, so good. Uh, um, what's your so Struzan? What would we most associated with uh i actually think indiana jones yeah because he did star wars stuff but they were weren't often kind of like revival things yeah right but indie yeah and um uh oh no it's all's fair with sally kellerman and george siegel the paintball movie (laughs) oh that was the one that was always up in everybody's bedroom yeah when they were growing up yeah uh yeah so he he also did the thing poster, which is yes. in the room. And which, then the poster that Thomas Jane's working on is clearly meant to be that Dark Tower character. Right, the, the gunslinger yeah. guy. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, the thing is also like, 
that's the movie we're going to see is a little like the thing mm-hmm. too. So it, when I first saw the mist, the last time I saw it, uh, I remember from the beginning, it really pulling me out from the get go. The poster thing. Yeah. I love the mist. I yeah. loved it when I saw it, but I just yeah, remember when it started, I was like, what? It's odd. huh? He designed the poster for the thing. Like I know <laughs> oh, I'm not you were just trying to wrap your head around. That. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it is. It's, so he it designed is. the poster for the thing. Okay. In this world, the thing came out in 1982. So 25 years ago, this man right. oh, that designed is, the poster for the whoa, thing. And if it's not weird. for that, then what's it for? Why How is it there? would he have been? He would have been like 15? a young teenager? Prodigy poster designer? I still don't like it. When, the, when it starts with that... Not even just on the like logical hangups like that, but just the like that job's too big for this character, like for an every man. He can have like some sort of like, but to have a movie about a guy who makes the posters for the movie, it kind of feels like that should be a little bit more of the movie. It's just kind of like the beginning of these, like, I'm gonna have to make a new poster for the studio. And then somebody else at the grocery store says, like, hey, I know you got meetings with people in New York and Los Angeles about movie posters. Yeah, so you you're think all you're Mr. Hollywood. Now, look, a main character's after my own heart when within the first five minutes he's complaining about how modern movie posters just, like, put up celebrities' big heads on them. I'm like, this guy's my man. And but- what was the original poster for The Mist like? It, it wasn't a Drew Struzan poster, was it? Oh, I no. It was just, like, people in a... Uh, I think it was, like, a photograph of looking out through the yeah. grocery store. Yeah. I could be wrong, but uh yeah, um uh yeah, cuz he doesn't he's an illustrator, so he doesn't like that the times yeah. are changing with the posters. Right, I know. Yeah, I'm with it's him just, too. It's that opening shot I got it's just a very fan-ish moment yes. like to be like Hey, Stephen King fans, you got your Drew Struza posters. This guy does is drawing the gunslinger character. I was just like, okay, okay. And this, it is funny, too. I was just thinking how it's the reverse of what normally somebody would have made adapted Stephen King movies. You think somebody would, their first Stephen King adaptation would have been the, like, big monster oh, yeah. siege movie that you can shoot in one location. It makes right. it pretty easy to... And then you do Green Mile and then do Shawshank or something. Yeah. It's like a funny... Anyway. Yeah, because Shawshank was Darabont's first directorial film. Yeah. yeah. And we saw... He co-wrote um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, which yeah. is really great, and co-wrote The Blob. Right. I feel like this has a lot of kind of blobby yeah, stuff, too. Yeah, for sure. Even yeah. just The Mist, The Blob. Yeah, right. If The Mist had to face off against The Fog... <laughs> and the blob and the blob just depends on uh their sort of um weight and moisture at the time right What's like the fog on? if it has a really thick fog going in it stands a chance if if on a day that the blob is particularly like kind of like thin and uh chewy yeah <laughs> I've never seen The Fog, famously on this podcast. Hey, me so neither, man. I, I think, is it just pirate ghosts that come out? Or what am I, what sure, am I getting I think wrong? So. Versus insects versus a blob. Blob's just going to absorb them all. Yeah. and Although ice 
kills the blob, right? That's true. So if the mist is cold enough, but it isn't, because then it would be snow or sleep. Oh, right. The mist would have to get hot in order to get the mist to go away. <laughs> Do you think if you if you cranked up the heat and the air conditioning, would that make... Well, did you read Brantley's lovely research that the way they were able to achieve the effect of the gate opening and the mist not coming in was through the yeah. imbalanced temperatures and yeah. pressure and stuff, not anything other stuff. than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you had to be in a public place where a mist attacked, where would you want it to be, man? Mm, public? Yeah. Mm, a police station? That's good. Yeah. I guess. A military police station, because then you'd hear them talking early on about how this mist is coming. Or a gun club, or. um, Yeah. uh, uh, An anti mist factory. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, is this mist susceptible to it burning off? So if you were just like to. I guess it just brings the monsters. It doesn't necessarily. Yeah, they didn't learn that well because they first learned it in the grocery store. But then when they go to the pharmacy, they're just shining beacons for these things yeah. to come to them. But then are they also like, well, because it's daytime? Maybe it wasn't they totally clear. Yeah. Um, what are some other things that bring bugs other than lights? Like, should they not be um, um, carrion? Yeah, just yeah. carnage and carcasses. Ew. Yeah. Well, you asked sick uh so yeah then the tree falls in uh he takes andre bauer uh brower to the um grocery store um uh i like this question kind of being like yes can we coexist with our neighbors yes but can we do it when creatures are attacking a supermarket? Or can we coexist with our dimensional neighbors? I hope so. No, we can't. I think it's just a matter of disagree. Like if if interdimensional people came, we could just have a sort of easy conversation that those two neighbors had where they're like, I'm not blaming you. I think your car is cool, but your tree felt like there's a way yeah. we could have talked to the interdimensional creatures. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, um, I also love, um, you know, living when the big storm came in, the big thunderstorm and then the mist and stuff. Yeah. That's all weather. I really miss out here in oh, yeah. Los Angeles. Um, big thunderstorms summer thunderstorms but i heard um uh, uh david lynch say something yesterday on a podcast an interview and he was like he was talking about why he loves la and i love la too a lot and he was like uh and i really like it when the wind the when the breeze is warm mm-hmm. do you know those times when like it yeah. you step out at night and a breeze comes by and it makes you like warm yeah especially uh, those santa anas yes yes um and uh david lynch was like i like calling you on the uh, the <laughs> I talk ancient to this guy more. the ancient jazz winds what that touched me i was like i get what he's talking about it's like to be in los angeles and you're walking around and you go, you know what? This warm breeze that's touching me, that same warm breeze touched like 
old glamorous Hollywood, oh, and the, you know, like a, it, yeah. it is like a comforting notion to be like. So it was my first kind of like, ah, I can get a grip on. I like the weather and the land here. I don't have to always just long for thunderstorms in Iowa. I don't blame you though. But then that mist that also touched the jazz mist. It's touched others, and the jazz mist has touched yeah. others. Well, you can have some really nice. I do love the mist as a weather phenomenon. Oh. Like it's really and it's spooky. It's spooky and pretty. Yeah, it's a good thing. I mean, above all, with the movie, I love the most just the simplicity of a fog comes in. And then people walk into it and just like, especially those shots where there's no other forms. Yeah. Like when that mom, we're probably at this point right now, when yeah. that mom first goes out. You mean the female Leland Orser? Who's that? He's that guy that's in every movie that's, he's always crying. He's come up on this podcast oh, before. He's in Alien 4. She is. Yeah. The, I have to get back to my yeah. kid and the alien's going to burst out of me. Yeah. 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 Um, like when she first walked out there and there was no like shapes out there, it was just like all, it looked like a misty psych. That was yeah. really spooky. And when the gang is going to the pharmacy too, the way it's shot is so cool. Cause the camera's kind of pulling or it's dollying mm -hmm. back on them. Yeah. So because you can't see, it almost looks like they're floating away or something. It's really well yeah, shot. Yeah. There was another cool part where it was floating through the mist and your, my brain was just thinking it's going out into the mist because I'm not seeing anything. Yeah. Right. So I'm just assuming. And then it comes out of the mist up on the grocery store on yeah. the lights. I was like, Whoa, I was yeah. already out there. Like a lot of cool stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Um, the uh yeah and then when they get there there's sort of that intro uh i mean i love it of just like um so far they've had like two kind of big like handheld unbroken things where it's almost like i know that was the what he was going after it's like a documentary yeah. thing right uh but it is funny what it's like they go by like six different people and you, you're like well that person's a character actor yes. so i know that yes. is somebody yes. to pay attention to yeah. And, you know, they brought in the crew from the TV show, The Shield, because they knew they could shoot TV fast and quick and easy yeah. as opposed to a movie crew. And, yeah, because it has sort of a semi, uh, like, verite yeah. style, which is interesting then that he would do um, go on and do The Walking Dead. Yes. And there's a lot of stuff, like, especially those post-apocalyptic kind of feeling shots of when they're driving at the end before the big ending yeah. felt. Walking Dead-ish, too. And That's so it. many actors from The Walking Dead, too, that would go on to be in The Walking Dead. That's right. He wanted Thomas Jane for The Walking Dead, too. Oh, to play the... Yeah. Interesting. Since Thomas Jane was supposed to be um, Don Draper. That's two big AMC dramas. Oh, I didn't know that, that really. he was supposed to be the star of. That's I funny. what happened. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, he was in Hung. That's right. I watched Hung. You did? Yeah, I liked him. Um, is it true that the guy who did the voice of Darth Maul in this was also in Hung, but it was called Hung Solo? <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I don't think no, that is true. It is true. Oh. I looked it up on IMDB. <laughs> um. I love when the people have to refuse the woman that's saying, well, like, will anyone go with me to get my kids? Yeah, you know what? I kind of thought, I was like, that's a big ask. Yeah, but at this point still, we haven't seen a monster, right? Yeah, but if it's toxic, 
But what makes them think it's toxic? Um, there's the guy runs in. Oh, that's right with the bloody nose. That's bloody all nose, you've got. So and he's far, saying yeah. you don't want to go out there. That's right. So I would be like, well, I'm going to trust the guy who's like, I probably know Bill down the street. I think knowing me, I would have been like, well, this guy's a fucking idiot. I'm going. Get, that's get what out I, of my I, way. I totally was like when she was asking. I was like, look, I'd agree if. Fair is fair. If you want to go out and you do your own thing, you can. But don't ask one of us to go and uh, walk you. Yeah. Like I was like, that's a little, that's a bridge too far. And how did she? But get that through, says a lot about me. She got through the mist successfully because you see her at the end with her kids. Yeah. So if they would have just all left her, yeah. well, it's the same thing as them um, when um, the 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 the, the sharpshooter guy. Uh, oh, when yeah. he shoots uh, Marsha Gay Harden, yeah, he's pretty quickly, promptly killed by the creature. There is some sort of karma that yeah. happens. So it's like, if you say, I need to protect my kids and you, you're brave, hmm. the creatures go, you are true of heart. You may go to your kid. Yes. Oh, if you go against your liberal beliefs and shoot somebody, even if it's somebody you disagree with, like a religious zealot, we know we will eat you immediately. Unless they're like really opposed to destruction of milk. <laughs> Brantley put in there that also that this was a direct homage to the Manchurian candidate of shooting someone through a gallon of milk or a jug of milk. Yeah. That's also in um, Lethal Weapon. Oh, my favorite um, milk destruction is uh, in Three Kings when that milk truck spills o over. Oh, yes. <laughs> and in uh, Naked Gun. Which part? Remember he hits a milk truck and it explodes? <laughs> but it's like a gas tanker, but it's filled with milk and he just tings it and it explodes. And there's also in Munich a guy holding groceries and they shoot him through groceries and they leak out too. Leak out milk? I, can't, I don't think it was milk. I can't remember. I guess milk's a pretty good liquid uh, yeah. um, to to see on film to leak out of things. Yeah, I mean, tell it to Bishop. <laughs> yeah, Bishop knows. Um, and it does seem like, yeah, at the beginning that this could be like environmental or toxic. And then, sh uh, oh, um, and then he goes back to check the generator. And um, I like the moment when he was using the light on his flip phone. Yeah. To see the bag. I was like, that's 2007. Now talking. Yeah. <laughs> Forget the like, uh, the like quasi 9 11 themes. Yeah. Holding up a flip phone to get yeah. light. Yeah. Um, Wasn't even used for that, made for that. Um, and then they have the debate are we going to go out there? Are we not? Um, the thing I like about this movie is that the characters pretty much do what they would logically do, even if they have diff within mm -hmm. their like the viewpoints, you know, like yeah. I, I wouldn't do what Marsha Gay Harden was doing, but in movies, people often do things that they shouldn't, but just to make the plot go forward. I didn't feel there was any of that. Yeah. I feel like the, the, you know, the movie's like two hours and five minutes and I did feel like all of this stuff that was, packed in there was in service of 
you feeling things when the characters do stuff like when that scene with the military police and the girl like oh i wish you would always noticed me when it was happening i was like why isn't this a deleted scene yeah, yeah. but then when she got like infected and got bugs crawling out over i was like oh i care yeah like i'm glad they took that time yeah. and just everything seemed motivated that always goes yes. so far for me with a movie because you just so often characters get used for plot instead of vice versa that's huge matt that's a good thing about this the mist yeah is like and no point does um um i wish they would have covered the windows sooner yeah but outside of that everybody's reacting in a reasonable way and you can understand how each person has their yeah. point of view and even the the because you know in every apocalyptic movie there's the science the like military guys like where i don't believe it we're not why don't we just nuke them yeah there's none of this or if there are they change like william sadler's so good in this because at first he's with them and then he changes that guy's fucking versatile yes take die hard to this to bill and ted's yeah i was thinking it's really hard for um some actors, like I was like, William Sadler, he actually, his face looks like a bright person, like a, a yeah, a sharp thinker, like yeah. Die Hard 2. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but I'm buying him as like a, a cluck who could be easily right. talked into this, but easily talked into that. And the moment when he started like falling for Marsha Gay Harden's thing is when I was like, oh, he's really awesome. He is. I yeah. think he's a way better character actor. I think I never really liked him in Die Hard 2 because... Also yeah. coming off the heels of Alan Rickman, who's pure charisma. That's tough. Yeah, that's really kind of the, um, not as great of a drop, but it, it's the same kind of move as the um, Raiders to Temple of Doom yeah. of the like multi-dimensional villain who's yeah. charming to then just kind of the like brood or, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, the uh, I really like his line. Um, I never heard this expression. I guess I did the first time I saw the movie, but it was, uh, he says to Thomas J. William Sadler says to Thomas J. Next time you think of something to say, count, count your teeth. teeth. I have that there too. That was cool. That's amazing. That's yeah. a great expression. Yeah. We both like that. Yeah. I, in fact, I had this written, was going to ask you, what was the context of that? Cause I'd already forgotten. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, him, um, Thomas J. was like, going to defend that kid one yeah. more time. Like, why are you making him go out there? And yeah. then he said, um, uh, I love the tentacle grabbing him. And after everybody told this kid to go out there, <laughs> as soon as he grabs everybody, he's like freaked out and doesn't want to help him. <laughs> yeah. Like Thomas Chase the way he was, but it was like runs over him. I will say it's an awesome death. I love that. It's not like a slow, slow burn. It kind of like catches you off guard. Um, but, uh, uh, you get one practical shot of the yeah. tentacle before it burns later and yeah. sizzles away. You see that a real one, and yeah. I'm like, guys, just do, if you're doing the thing kind of stuff, just get some real good, yeah, gross, gooey, practical thing wrapping around this guy. That's the biggest flaw. I would love if they would take this movie and redo the effects on it and re-release it and, and maybe yeah. take out some of that 2007 color timing. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and the like Middle Eastern wailing dirge. Worst. Music. The worst part of this that movie. That was so big at this time. It, uh, you know what? When it was happening, I was like, God, what is with this overwrought? Yeah. Yeah. Wailing, angelic wailing. 
And I realized when they got to the last scene, I'm like, oh, they're so working hard to pump you to get you to this like bleak ending. Uh, like to get you emotionally like yeah. they're in a bleak enough place that they would do this. It seems yes. like that's what they're trying to unlock in your brain is like total desperation, no hope, sadness. Right. And that, that mixed yeah. with the fact that this type of movie score was so huge at the time. I can't, I was trying to rack my brain. I watched a movie recently that was a action drama and it was full of this movie and it was set this music set nowhere near the Middle East, but it was, I couldn't tell if this was like Middle Eastern wailing or even like Gaelic or something, Yeah, but it has those like no, yes. those eighth or semi note kind of whatever you call them, semitones. Mm-hmm. And the movie I had watched recently was, what was it? It drives me crazy because it had it didn't nothing even have anything to, to do. do with that. And it was, I'm sure it was a Tony Scott movie of some kind. Well, I was going to say my first impact with it was Gladiator. I remember yes. like that sound when he like comes back to see his wife was the first time I was like, what is this shit? And then <laughs> 50 oh, first dates. Oh, it was eight millimeter. Sorry. Ah, uh, perfect. I think I'm pretty sure the, 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 the 51st dates where they have her flashback of when Drew Barrymore started having amnesia and like what a comedy. They use it in that? Like it's a slow motion, like a pineapple falling off a Jeep and like bouncing on the road to like symbolize her brain but and this memories. But used. No. And then no, it's not parody or anything. Oh You're sp- it's them again. It's, it was such an easy way to like, you could see it. I'm sure it's like a month before the movies come out. They go, this scene isn't really like playing. We're not really feeling bad that Drew Barrymore like <laughs> forgot, lost her memories. I've got the, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> the pineapple is the slow motion. God, um, if they could just swap out, put new state of the art digital effects in. Get or somehow to rotoscope, real practical. Whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it may be too late for that, but yeah, ideally that would be the thing. Oh, and you got you missed on movie. your side where you don't I really know. have to show anything if you want to. Like, I know. Yeah. Although that being said, I I remember remarking that the effects weren't good when I first saw this. I thought I remembered them that they were way worse. Than oh, yeah. And for them being, it's it's mainly just like it's an apple and oranges thing. I'm like, yeah. I wish they had chosen apples sure. over oranges. Their oranges of digital effects are fine. They're okay. Yeah. They're, I mean, it does take it's not me the best out. orange I've eaten. No, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not, not, not the juiciest. Um, but I did like the biology of the creep, like seeing their tentacles with their little yeah. like pods and stuff. Is yeah. cool. Uh, you can tell the people who made it like monsters and yes. stuff, which is cool. Yeah, and it kind of has. Um, I've never read what's the the writer who inspires this shit uh oh, shit a lovecraft lovecraft yeah have you ever read lovecraft? no yeah mm-hmm. seems too dense for me i hear it's pretty dense yeah yeah um but when it's explained to me i always think that sounds really radical i know, I know. um especially the ones that burst out of that mp yeah. as like a spider egg host I, I didn't remember that that was pretty great because at first i'm like this is ripping off aliens too much but right then somehow that it was just these little spiders I'm yeah like, I okay know. you they go i know it's like what's it enough for me <laughs> uh, i also thought it was funny when that creature first shows up and he like 
picks up those peanuts and starts dropping them on those guys or something. It's starts like firing food at them. Oh no! It picked up the the giant bag of dog food and oh, it's dog food. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I just like the like Disney Channel like creatures like throwing peanuts at people. Trying to feed them like they're ducks. <laughs> These characters are great. I'm glad we came to this dimension. Um, now, I got to say, I questioned the hero's, the main protagonist's choice to not tell, want to tell people. Transparency always. Tell them about what they found in the pharmacy? What, what? No, what they saw, um, uh, a, what, that the, how the kid got oh, killed. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. Why? Yeah, I guess because they just think they'll be chaos but but it seems to be the movie takes the position that he was right because it does lead to kind of like she gets more fanatical they get more panicked oh i think he's is right but um it's funny because it's like well at 2007 we wanted transparency you know what i mean like a hero shouldn't be going like let's keep people more in the dark right that's true uh so not to say that it has to fit an allegory it's just kind of like what do you like a good guy would kind of be like I know I'm going to seem crazy, but I got to just give you the truth here so you can do the best you can to protect yourself. Because there's no evidence left over because the tentacle just kind of sizzles away. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I did question that. I was like, but I think somebody's crazy in that moment. And I guess you absolutely would. Because imagine if someone, if Amanda burst in here right now and said, "There's my neighbor just got pulled away by a giant spiked tentacle." Oh, right, you'd go. That yeah. person saw something, and their brain's trying to make sense of it. That's what yeah. I think they would do with the old man with the bloody nose. But you do make a good point of like, is it toxic or is it chemical? Because that, that one guy goes, story. "The factory." Don't you see what it, one of them says? Like something must be leaking or something. But does he? This is the. I say old man. He's not that yeah. old. I, he's just the elder man yeah. in this group. Does he say that it's creatures? I can't remember. Does he say what it is? What does he have a bloody nose from exactly? He comes running in, and it's cool because it's like at the exact like twelve minute mark. He goes, "Something's in the mist." Yeah, gorillas in the <laughs> mist. <laughs> Um, Wait, now, hold on, old man. Is this mist with an IST or YST? Because I'm real good at solving puzzles. <laughs> yeah, but there's some puzzles in the MYST. Then <laughs> I'm here for you. Um, now, um, then they go to the town. They try to get them on board. Uh, I like the um, sparing us the explanation when Thomas Jane... Um, tells uh, Andrew Bauer about uh, uh, the thing. They just cut away and you see him explaining to him oh, so you yeah. don't have to deal with yeah. like the movie stuff of hearing yeah. him go like, yeah, oh, yeah, we were standing there and a tentacle came out. Right. Uh, but he doesn't believe them and uh, this I think was my favorite moment in the movie was when yeah, the town secrets kind of all started coming out and interpersonal dynamics that we weren't aware of started rearing. It is like that, um, the the Monsters on Maple Street is a really mm. cool Twilight Zone. I gotta where, watch that. I don't yeah, that it was going to be Spielberg's segment in the oh. Twilight Zone movie before the Landis accident. And then he was like, oh, I just want to do something simple. And, oh, but um, I didn't realize. It's that. a cool story because it is basically um, 
seeing how a suburb could be become paranoid and fear oh, each that other. Sounds good. Yeah. Huh. Um, and that like the disaster really comes out of the fact that people couldn't bond together. But I, you know, when I was watching this, I was like, was war of the worlds part of this whole bleak arama? And it did come out in 2005, but it does feel that was the first movie. I remember thinking it was like very nine 11. Yeah. Cause he was like running through like dust. Yes. While people were things getting blown up around him very and stuff. Much, yeah. Um, but, uh, the um and the day the earth stood still too remember that oh because that has like the nanobot cloud that comes through the remake with keanu reeves i didn't ever see that i watched it well after it came out i i think it's okay i want to be in a nanobot cloud okay that sounds fun Stay are there. they bad yeah they're, oh, nanobots are usually bad in movies yeah, right they are in this um Ooh man, when they start taping up stuff on windows, I love it when in a siege movie when people are like, we gotta fortify things. Oh, yeah. So instead where I like mission prep, you like um like uh Oh, it's total uh like bunker fortification, basically. Yeah, I'm not gonna say which defense it, it is either gender. I'm just saying it's the two genders. Oh yeah. You're like mission prep. I like the idea of going there to go out and do the thing. And I'm like, I like staying in and making sure the pillows are good. See, I should theoretically be that way. (laughs) I think the mission prep is aspirational for me. Like that's symbolic of me going to a party. Yeah. Uh, It's aspirational for me to be like, no, you're right to stay on the couch. Yeah. I get it. (laughs) I really get it. Uh, The, um, uh, when the woman, the religious lady, is praying in the stall, I was like thinking, like it's funny if this was like Carrie's mom, oh, and if Stephen King just wrote like a. Did you ever see this one act in like speech competition or anything that was like when Shakespeare's ladies meet, and it would be like oh. Juliet talking to Lady Macbeth. Oh my! But God. I was thinking if the mist was like when. <laughs> Stephen King's ladies. Well, they meet. went to the same Bible study, I'm sure. Yeah, and traded favorite quotes. Yeah, um, but the uh, 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 with the a man, the main, the woman love it, not love yeah. interest is talking to Marsha Gay Harden, um, and uh, they're talking. I I started thinking like, ooh. This movie's passing the Bechtel test right now. Yeah. Neither of them have talked about a guy. Right. And then she brings up God. And I was like, well, I guess that's in the eye of the beholder if this Not seat if is she passed. She listens to Dishwalla. <laughs> if she listens to Dishwalla, then this movie's seen passes the Bechtel test. Because I'd really like to meet her. First, it has to pass the Dishwalla test for it to pass the Bechtel test. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so when he's like, well, the scene passed the Bechdel test. Wait, wait, wait. Did it pass the Dishwalla test yeah, to begin with? Let's get out of here. First things first, guys. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Before I lay eyes and ears on this shithole, does it pass the Dishwalla oh test? <laughs> so I really like to meet her. Dishwalla. Um, uh, when um, she gets in the uh, argument, though, with the, she's like, well, you're just overthinking things. Keep thinking, Mister Lawyer. Yeah. Her, I was like thinking, um, if I was in this situation with either her or him, I'd be like, you're both annoyed. Yes, yes. 
Like, I don't think it's a religious thing. I don't think it's nothing. Yeah. You're both annoying the shit out of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I also thought when most of the people were against her, and it was like, um, male, female, rich, poor, old, young, everybody was just like, I am over this Marsha Gay Hayden's like religious shit. I was like, timely. Yeah. 70% of that uh, supermarket seems to be like, this is some bullshit she's talking Yeah. <laughs> and I like that it was all unified. It was like, oh, you could be an old uh, lady. Yeah. You could be a young man. You're like, this sucks. I don't yeah. like hearing this. <laughs> We're all going to hell oh, stuff. Even religious people are like, I still don't want a sermon. It's fine. I believe it too, but I don't. We get some acoustic guitars up there. <laughs> oh, no. Jazz this up I don't want bit. that either. God, no. <laughs> Wait. Does it pass it passes the dishwalla test? Does it pass the jars of clay test? Rain, rain coming down. Mist, and if mist. I can't swim after 40 days. Oh my god. I like that the Stephen King, his interest in religion got us to finally talk about jars of clay. I know. Twice. <laughs> I want to What about fall DC in. talk? You remember <gasps> DC That's talk? Right. Yeah. What's the DC? It can't be District of Columbia talk. Direct Christ. D Jesus Christ. Dees Christ. Christ. <laughs> Have you seen Dees Christ? <laughs> Have you been saved by Dees Christ? <laughs> um, now, on the other end of belief, the biker dude, he's religious, but he just doesn't think God is yeah. a bad dude. That's but, what I like. This movie's got all types, and they don't seem a- stereotypical or counter stereotypical you know how you're yeah. especially like right now you're seeing in every sitcom a friend group contains exactly one of every demographic you know every race gender identity everything to the point that where people like you and me as liberal as can be i can't help but see it as cynical it doesn't feel representational it feels cynical and decided by focus group and money not decided to forward the cause yeah, you know? yeah. or this this movie somehow manages to both go against type but also play within type i i don't know i was very impressed by it yeah me too it wasn't the choice of we're gonna upend everything and uh but also the choice of we're not gonna try to do cliche yeah, yeah. i agree um yeah uh except for bugs that they really went hard on bugs in this movie. Well, and, and their attraction to light. Yeah, God, I know. There are some so bugs that them. aren't. Yeah, not all. I mean, maybe. I don't even know that. Yeah. I just don't want to assume. Forgive me for not wanting to assume. Uh, the What did you think of the part where he goes, do you got a gun at this supermarket? He's like, please, this isn't Los Angeles. Uh, I know. Yeah, well, local pretty, humor. Pretty good. Um. She's carrying a gun. Oh, I think that biker, though, that should have been Ron Perlman, right? Yeah, I thought it was. What was going on there? I also thought the butcher was John C. Riley. Who is the butcher? He's an all-white. He's the guy that ultimately stabs the military guy. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So then I love this scene when they tie the rope around the guy. Wait, sp speaking what? of Ron Perlman. Yeah. When Thomas Jane, who... I mentioned earlier actually is a good dad because he got his son a comic book from the pharmacy. <laughs> they wanted to give 
him to pull the Punisher because he'd played the Punisher, but he'd, I think this is in Brantley's notes too, um, had arguments and wasn't coming back for the Punisher. So he didn't want to do the Punisher. So he grabbed Hellboy because he's friends with Ron Perlman. Oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's cool. They could have theoretically gotten Why Ron Perlman instead funny. of, I hesitate to call this guy poor man's Ron Perlman, but no, he kind of is very Ron Perlman. Yeah. Especially with the biker get up and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the AMC of it all again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, or no, that's a, what's that FX? What? Sons of oh. Anarchy. Oh. Yeah. I forget. No, it's. I never watched it. Me neither. Um, mainly because I am a biker yeah. and like I don't want to see like the Hollywood version of my life. I don't want to pick it apart because I'm just going to be thinking about the real road. And I, I just don't want to. Well, I'm just going to be watching and thinking, why am I not on the road? I'm right. I, I have a bike right now in my garage and I'm not taking it. Well, that's why I'm on the highway. Because I'm always on. The, if I'm not podcasting, I'm on the road. Yeah. yeah. You've even tried to uh, propose that. I get like in a little side cart in your motor and we yeah. do a podcast together on the freeway going yes. 80. And I want to just state for the record that my father's actual Christian name is Anarchy and I am in fact a son of Anarchy. <laughs> Does he have a brother? Is there, are there multiple sons or just Yeah, son I have of lots anarchy? of sons. Uh, lots of brothers. Yeah. I'm one of many sons of Anarchy. And I am a biker and I am not in the CIA. <laughs> and I am not and you're infiltrated not a, a biker gang for the CIA. Totally I not. have not to 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 um to to for a sting operation on a, a big meth yeah a meth syndicate that's right I'm not doing that I know okay okay I just felt like you were judging me <laughs> uh no never I mean if you were in the CIA I wouldn't judge you okay, um, if you did I'd kill you so yeah with the the big rope. Yeah, that was pretty good. I love that. Yeah. And I love like a good rope burn when yeah. a rope's getting oh, yeah. moved too fast and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But also just, yeah, how simple it is. It's like you just see a rope, the rope goes out, the rope comes back, it has blood on it. Because really at this good. point, everybody's also working together, which I like too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying to uh, get to the bottom of this thing. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, that was like um, an hour in is when the big... With hour in and hour left is when the big bugs come to attack. And Sally, I was not expecting, she gets bitten by a bug. Starts to puff up. Yeah, brutal. Did you think some of the bugs looked like Watto? <laughs> yes, now that you mentioned it. Hey, I just don't want some dog food. I want to feed you some dog food. <laughs> Do you think Watto uh, would break the reality because he's such a fan of Thomas Jane? <laughs> I love you in the Punisher. Oh, you're so good. We're, Watto, we're supposed to be doing I this. I don't thing. care why they make another one before or after you. You are, as far as I'm concerned, oh. you're the only Punisher. Well, that's very kind of you, Watto. I do appreciate you saying uh, that. If you ever need a Jigsaw, one of your movies, <laughs> play. I play Jigsaw. Not from the Saw movies, no. from, the, from the Punisher comic book. Oh, I thought you meant like an instrument. You play the Jigsaw. No, no. Hey, by the way, I have a chance cube if you want to play a little game. Chance cube. Oh, like a die, like a dice. It's a red blue. <laughs> we put money down. Hey, 
I sound like Frankie Five Angels and Godfather 2. Michael! Michael! <laughs> oh, my God. They, George Lucas should use his wizard, wizardry to get in Coppola, his buddy Coppola's movie, to put Watto in Godfather oh. Part 3. <laughs> There's Otto Brothers! <laughs> Making me cough. Do you think, I think Watto could hold his own movie. I think he could be Corley, Michael Corleone. Oh. I'm going to take a nap. If I come back and there's money, I know I have a friend. I come back and there's a hundred Republic credits. <laughs> I, your money's not good here. Well, who knows? Uh, they could have used some of the um, digital bits of a of an old Watto oh, to help yeah. build the mist creatures. It'd be funny if it was later Watto where he has that little like metal doughboy hat, like the World War One helmet. Do you remember? Yeah. And then I think it's Attack of the Clones. He's wearing suddenly wearing that little co- jauntily cocked. <laughs> now a cynical me would say somebody's thinking they're not going to buy another Watto that looks like another Watto. Oh, we'll put a hat on a Watto. <laughs> now we got our toy. <laughs> oh, you're right. Watto with hat. Yes, with yes. shit hat. <laughs> <laughs> Watto new with shit hat. <laughs> It's not a hat. It's an upside down <laughs> what, pan. What is it? It's a it's pan. pan. I don't know. I cook it a spicy meatball. <laughs> Would you win that uh, roll with a chance cube? Well, oh, you want to? No. Don't joke. Don't bring it up if you don't want to, because I like to play that chance cube. Outlander, you might win the race, but you'll never win. Oh, why could a lot have been at the uh, um, episode uh, eight? Casino with his Jansky. Wouldn't that be oh, good? Or a table of Wattos? Yeah, a table of Wattos. There's Watto, uh, uh, a person's name, or is that the creature? Watto is a. That's his person's name. What's but, his species? Oh, a Toydarian. <laughs> good job. I'm a Toydarian. Hey. The, your Jedi master can no work. A table of Wattos is like a murder of crows. That's <laughs> what, we're, what we're called, because we're always a gambling. Oh, it's that time of year when a table of Wattos comes <laughs> into the field. You look up in the sky at a table of Wattos. I wish I was at the Canto Bite Casino. <laughs> Betting on those little horses. <laughs> and BB-8 to come and shoot coins at me. Who did? BB-8. Oh, yeah. You don't like... Do you like BB-8? Oh, yeah. I do not like droids. Okay. Unless they shoot the money at me. Watto likes money. Can you blame me? Okay, I have to go. Bye, Watto. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Let's, are we, do they go to the pharmacy? Um, yeah. Uh, they go to the pharmacy and, uh, he leaves her, yep, the new mom. Hey, I took a nap and you looked after me, so I want you to look after my son. They go to the pharmacy. That's where they have the big conversation. Are people good? Are people bad? If the shit hit the fan, would we be good? Would we be bad? I liked it. Um, I didn't like that. It was like <laughs> three guys like mansplaining to this lady. I like. Know. Why she shouldn't have hope for the world. <laughs> yeah, I think she could decide that on her own. 
there was a point where Toby Jones name checks what I, I don't know if it was exactly hydroxychloroquine or whatever that drug was that came out during COVID, but it sounded just like it. Remember the one that yes. Trump was touting and it hadn't been proven oh, if it worked? Oh, right. Because he was going through the, yeah. the different painkillers. But stuff. this seems like a very prescient COVID movie when you think about it. Like there's this amorphous thing out there don't go out, stay in. Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of people arguing about whether you should go out or stay in. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. And then like, um, when something, you don't have something tangible and it's hard to pin down what the reality is, then it, different people yeah. in power can use that. Cause yeah, having the comfort of somebody explain to you, whether you should be scared or not yeah. or what to be scared of is very uh, seductive yeah. to have that, uh, somebody giving you that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. The, um, right. So then like stepping out to go to like a pharmacy was probably like March, 2020. Yes. You're like, oh, should I be going to, uh, going to that comic books rack in the pharmacy that I like? So <laughs> I did when I saw that pharmacy, I was like, I wasn't even a comic book kid, but to go to the pharmacy and spin that rack and oh, look yeah. at like comic books was, I was a, comic a pleasure. Book kid. Yeah. Um, I was also a corn kid. Oh, yeah. You were one of the corn kids. I'm not in the CIA or a corn kid. No. Uh, they find the cocoon people on the wall. That felt very alien. So alien. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah just a bunch of bugs in a chest and then somebody just kind of like their body, half of their body sloshes oh, over. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Love the spider webs of acid. Oh yeah. But very shot. alien as well. That's true. My yeah. friend. Yes. Yeah. They have acid spit. These have acid webs. What year was the novella written? Do you know? Um, no, I don't. I'll look it up. Um, I'm just curious. Oh yeah. Good. Thank you. Uh, and then, um, the granny, she's like, let me get in there. And she gets an aerosol can, makes a little flamethrower. Oh, yeah, she's incredible. Um, I, you know, if grannies are going to be non-granny, though, I want it to be with an electric guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or rapping. Yes, either of those. Just something that I wasn't expecting. It was written in 1980. Oh, okay. So, um... Oh, this is Three Isle Mile, uh, Mile Island paranoia. Yeah. Do you want to hear the plot of the book? Yes. Because I think it is different. I'll just cut to the end here. As these events prog progress, the elderly religious fanatic Mrs. Carmody gradually convinces a majority of the remaining survivors that current events fulfill a biblical prophecy of the end time and that human sacrifice is required to save themselves from God's wrath. Oh, show the cord. When David, Billy, Ollie, Amanda, and a few other survivors attempt to escape to David's car, they are confronted by Mrs. Carmody, who calls in the crowd to offer Billy and Amanda as sacrifices. That's the same. Ollie shoots Mrs. Carmody, breaking her congregation. En route to the car, Ollie and one other survivor are killed. That's true. Two of them, three of them, while another flees back to the store. The rest attempt to reach David's house to determine the fate of his wife, but the driveway is hopelessly blocked with fallen trees. They drive south through a devastated and misshrouded New England. While stopped for the night, David searches the radio bands and through the mist's interference possibly hears someone say Hartford, giving him one last read of hope. That's it. Hmm. So they don't die. So yeah, the movie's very... Uh... 
Hmm. Wow. Interesting. What um, was it part of a short story collection? Is that yeah, right? it was a novella from uh, the Dark Forces anthology, mm. and and it was subsequently included in the Skeleton Crew collection. Okay. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't want to face off with a skeleton crew. Me either, man. Too scary. Uh, like bony. Like their bones would be all pokey yeah. and stuff. Unless I was a skeleton director, and then that's all I'd want to work with. The uh, oh, and um, she woke him up. Uh, is it Amanda? Is that her name? Sorry. Uh, yes. The, the char- characters are David. The son is Billy. Ollie. Amanda. Mrs. Carmody. She woke him up and she went, it's Dawn. And I thought he was going to go, wait, I think you were Amanda. <laughs> I changed my name because what does anything matter anymore? We should all change our names. Yeah, that's right. I'm on the crazy train now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll be the Punisher. They try to, uh, they turn on the military guy. I liked her saying um, that it came about because... Uh, of men on the moon, splitting the atom, stem cells, and abortions wow, are yeah. why we got here. Yeah. Um, and then they sacrifice the military police guy, and then they want to sacrifice the son. The mob turns on him, right? And then that's when um, she gets shot. Um, when they run out, and I just couldn't be happier, Matt, when... It's just a bunch of people running around in a mist yeah. and big bugs are jumping on the cars and like attacking oh, yeah. them between cars. One of them being it's the best, the guy from Tombstone that plays my favorite character name, Tur- Turkey Creek Jack Johnson. Turkey Creek Jack Johnson is his, uh, That's his character's name. He was the guy in this movie that gets um, killed in the parking lot in this section Oh, behind the cars when they like, get the big uh, convoy or the the that group of guys together. Can we talk about that just real quick? Yeah, like the movie kind of seems to be like sort of being like macho posturing gets in the way. Yeah, but that felt like a lot of mach- like they're all going to the pharmacy for this one person's medicine. Like, yeah, it felt a little like. Um, when one guy is being brave and then yeah. a bunch of 10 losers yeah. are like, we don't want to go too. Yeah, it's like, I'm brave too. Yeah. Like just when I saw all those dorks walking around in a line together, I was like, some of you could have stayed back. Yeah. You didn't, you, you're not proving anything by like walking out here, like looking like a dork. I'm looking at you, Turkey Creek Jack Johnson. I think that's maybe who I'm talking about. <laughs> Now is he any in any other movies? Does he play yes, that he character is, ever? Again? He's I think often plays cowboys because he's a cowboy reenactor of some kind. I actually I love him. I love him in this movie too. And yeah, he's, he's the, he has a long cowboy mustache too, and that's great. Yeah, I think he could does. have been Bob Rochelle. Oh yeah, I mean I don't mean to say could have been, should have been, should have been. It was one year from his death. What this movie? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring us. No, it's okay. <laughs> you did. Uh, 
Another thing was the um, that was prescient, like you mentioned, like uh, with COVID. It was um, when that old lady threw a soup can. Oh yeah, remember when Trump said uh, people bring soup, uh, and then oh, when yeah. you go, why do you have soup? And they go, this is soup for my family. <laughs> Perfect excuse. Um. So oh oh sorry. So then um. Yeah, then once they get in that car and they're driving through. First of all, oh, sorry. Imagine being in a circumstance where you have to wipe your windshield with windshield wipers because there's blood on it. I'm not even getting moving in that car. That's thanks for the ride, lady. That's this. That's not a lot of circumstances. Yeah, that's a, a Cujo, too. I was getting some Cujo vibes yeah. with them all packed in that car there. Right, right. Um, if only um, they'd been there in Cujo. I know. If only they had had a gun, they could have shot themselves before Cujo attacked them. <laughs> before, before a vet comes along with a cure for rabies. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, I was just coming to give a shot to Cujo. He's fine. A whole military convoy, but instead of a flamethrower, he's just spraying rabies cure. <laughs> Oh my God, I killed the kid from Who's the Boss for this. <laughs> we'll never have Who's the Boss. <laughs> well, mm, it's not a total loss, Who's the Boss. <laughs> we didn't really get to talk about Who's the Boss while we watched Cujo, but, um, um, uh, well, Who's the Boss taught me what a hickey was. <gasps> really? And the next day I was talking, hickey this, hickey that. <laughs> Oh, really? And my mom was like, it's okay that you know what a hickey is, but just don't talk about it as much as you are. I was like, okay. okay. Do it all you want. Don't talk about <laughs> it. I think she overheard me like go up to it and go like, do you know what a hickey is? Oh. Like, I'm the bad kid now. Oh, like, yeah. Spreading bad information around. What is a hickey? I don't know. I forgot. And I tried to look it up once and I got scared that people would think I was looking at porn. <laughs> Hickey porn. I was at the library and I was afraid the librarians would think I was looking at porn. I'm Hickey Creek Jack Johnson and I'm here to say <laughs> I love sucking on necks in a major way. <laughs> Person nicknamed Hickey is pretty cool. I know. Yeah. I'm Hickey Delgado and I approve this message. I'm running for county molester. Well, is Delgado related to Del Lante? Or yeah, what is it? I wrote it down. Uh, Del Tante Green Boons. <laughs> we cleared it. We were able to clear Green Tante uh, or uh, Del Tante Green Boons. Uh, from here on out with Gorley and Rust is sponsored by Del Tante uh, Green Boons. <laughs> good. Make sure to season your Del Tante Green Boons with This Means Pepper. This Means Pepper. This Means Pepper. Uh, all right, so we're now to the Middle Eastern dirge and the and yeah. the, uh, the the brutal death, which we really yeah. mostly covered. Yeah, right? um, yeah. I just felt like uh, one one more sign that you know I've seen a lot of hopeless situations in a lot of movies, and that just didn't feel as hopeless as like. And I don't even mean it has to be like them on the precipice of a mountain or something, right? Maybe just some sort of yeah. emotional. Yeah, I think you're right too. Like. I guess seeing his wife in a cocoon was supposed to maybe be the thing that made us lose hope, but because she wasn't... Look, I love the movie. It's a group of people together trying to fight off 
yeah. big bug creatures. I, I hear what you say. I think the justification in the movie is them seeing the big one and go, we're fucked. But I'm yeah. with you. They're not in immediate danger. It maybe seems like the they should have cujoed them out of the car and maybe one more of them dies and then and then they're just holed up like behind a tree and they can see they're coming and they just have to do it or something. But then that's that, good. Being not being inside something helps. Yeah. Being kind of like vulnerable to the yeah. to the elements or whatever. Yeah. Well, do you want to do best kill? Is it um I'm gonna go with Billy when he shot his son. I'm just kidding. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> like, it's hard to choose between the four yeah. people he killed at the end, but I think the best one. I mean, that's got the most impact. Uh, mine is when the, the red-haired guy gets attacked. The first one. Norm? Yeah, Norm. Yeah. Uh, for me, let's see. Ooh. I think I might, I might go Marsha Gay Harden just because the milk to the head shot, but the fact that it's Ollie being kind of a badass and it's, it's not like he's already killed her and then he shoots her in the head is just brutal. No, I think that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Comedy. a good, uh, um, and the, uh, the person who played Norm. Yeah. He's in, um, a bunch of stuff, big child actor and stuff. Right. Very He was in. Angus, which if people um, over the weekend on Twitter, I tweeted, I found. Oh, I saw this. Is that so that's weird? Incredible. So that's he's the red haired kid in yeah. Angus. He's in that picture. But so people don't know it. Like I found out that there was a Warner Archive DVD release for the movie Angus, this 90s movie. And on the cover photo are three of the actors, two boys and the cheerleader girl. Um, and then they're surrounded by an older woman. <laughs> this is the cover of the video box. And she's not in the movie. And the woman they're posing with is the producer, Don Steele. Don, Dawn, it's Don yeah. Steele. And uh, somebody just saw that picture in a publicity role. And I was like, this must be the star of the movie, producer Don Steele. It's like if Han Solo, Carrie Fisher, and I mean, Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill were sitting there with Gary Kurtz, neckbeard Gary Kurtz. Ah, it's crazy. For a Star Wars poster. If they released a Star Wars poster with those three actors around <laughs> Gary Kurtz, I'd be like, did I get the right movie? Oh, that's so funny. Um, but yeah, so I guess he's my my favorite kill. Okay, let's recap the dead zone. You gave it an 11.5. I gave it an 11. Silver bullet, we both gave it double nines. Max overdrive, I gave it an 8. You gave it a 7. Misery, you gave it a 12.5. I gave it a 12. Christine, I gave it 10. You gave it an 11. Children of the Corn, I gave an eight and you gave an eight, double eights. <laughs> Carrie, I gave a 10, you gave a 13. And here we are at the miss. First of all, do you stand by those? I think I'm I standing too. my mind too. Yeah. 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 Um, out of 13, what are you going to give the mist? A nine and a half. 9.5 from Paul Rust. Pretty uh, all high ranking, man. We didn't yeah, get any yeah. below fives, below sixes. Wow, I gave Cujo an 11.5. Maybe that's the only one. Maybe that was slightly high. No, don't let me damper your Cujo spirits. Well. You know, I thought about it, Matt. I wonder if it's partly, I thought, <laughs> I was like, well, Matt's a cat guy. 
We know this. That's true. So does he partly like this because it reaffirms his anti-dog biases? It must be. Biases? It must like, be. This is what would happen if any of you really thought things out. This is what dogs would do. Are you listening? And Because what made me think about it was because I, as a dog person, started getting bummed out watching it because I was just like, I don't like seeing Cujo with gunk in his arm. Oh, I just I want do. that doggy to yeah. be on a couch and getting pets. And so I did think, I wonder if it would have felt differently if Cujo had been a cat. And you had to watch a movie where, like, the last half hour is like a gunky cat. Like, well, that's Pet Cemetery, and I don't think I like Pet Cemetery. Don't, yeah. yeah. Keep the gunk off our pets, Mister King. Gunk free. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna amend my Cujo down to a an eleven okay. from eleven point five because I'm gonna give this movie an eleven point five. Oh, I really beautiful. like this movie. Beautiful. Thirteen. Um, how you feeling? Do you want to rank the? Sure. The the Spring King. Yeah. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back. Oh, great. To, to give our cool. final rankings of the 10 Spring King flings. Excellent. With and rest. With and rest. All right, we're back and we're going to rank the 10. Rank the 10 Spring Kinger flingers. Starting with number 10, Paul, what's your least favorite, but obviously well-liked King yeah. film from this series? Um, I think for me, it was Children of the Corn. Kid, corn Kids. Corn Kids, sorry. Yeah, no, I get you. Um, what was yours, Matt? Mine's Silver Bullet, mm-hmm. but I get it. not for not liking it. Hey, even all these, like you said, even the not-so-faves were really fun. Yeah. Okay, number nine. Yeah. Cujo. Wow, yeah. You're a dog person, all right. I'm sorry, Matt. No, I get it. No, you don't have to apologize. Mine is Max Overdrive. Well, my eight is Max Overdrive. But that is a delightful surprise to me that I liked Maximum Overdrive as much as I did. It was really fun. And I think a lot of this ranking is based on what I would be excited to yeah. watch again with friends. I get you. Because my number seven is, is uh, oh, wait, did I do my? No, my number eight is Children of the Corn. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yep. What's your seven? My seven is Carrie. Oh, Maddie, Maddie, boom, boom. Oh, my gosh. That's okay. I liked Carrie more this time. I've, I've told this that I have a troubled past with it. No. But... but it's not so much that I didn't like Carrie. It's that I really like all the movies yeah. above it quite a bit. That's sort of where we get at by the time I'm at uh, six and five. I, it, uh, um, they're just all really good. Yeah. Uh, so my, was it seven? Is that what I'm supposed to yes. do? Silver Bullet. Okay. Gotcha. Um, my six was my biggest surprise fave and the one i'm most excited to rewatch the running man oh what nice. a fun movie that was i wish somebody had told me when i was 12 hey yeah this is really fun and it'd become a sleepover movie that's it's how much meant to be seen by a 12 year old yes yeah yeah uh, i mean it tickled the 41 year old in me too number six for me is christine okay <clears throat> top five we're in the top top five, five. Number five, this week's The Mist. Yes. My number five is The Running Man. The Running Man. Yeah. 
Uh, so they're kind of all circulating around each other, but yeah. the the big distinction so far, Cujo carry. Yeah, that's been the big disparity. Right. So your Cujo's at number nine. My carry's yeah. at number seven. I'm curious to see where your carry lands and my Cujo stands. You know what? Up until the mist, this was sort of running on least bleak to goofiness, mm. and now with the mist, it's switching now to what is effectively like. Not necessarily fun, but just like scares me or rattles me in a way that I right. respect. And so, so also the only two movies not mentioned so far are Dead Zone and Misery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So number four, yeah, number four for me is the Dead Zone. Mm-hmm. The Dead Zone. The Dead Zone. Mine number four is Cujo. Okay, so the one four to nine. That's the oh. disparity, yeah. Okay. So our final three, two, one. Yeah. Okay. What's your third? Ooh. Will you go first? Because I'm still in a toss-up. Oh, okay. My third is Christine. Okay. Well, that didn't buy me enough time. Uh, 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 my three is Dead Zone. Tight. Christine and Dead Zone was the toughest one I had to figure out. Yeah. And my having watched Christine more, I just that tipped it over. Gotcha. Also the um I love the Dead Zone, but it's sort of like vignette aspect for keeps sure. me from like yeah. going like, oh I'm I'm gonna sit down and watch like a propulsive good point story and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Um so number two for me, is misery. Mm. That's everything mentioned. My number two is the mist. Oh wow! So number one for you is misery, misery. and for you, it's Carrie. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, this might be our biggest disparity, huh? Yeah, but it's funny because the um, I feel like the choices are the toughest. With the other yeah. ones we've discussed, it's a little clearer, like. Okay, Jaws is going to be better than uh, yes. What was that Jaws five we watched? Cruel Jaws. Cruel Jaws. But I think I I think that most people would fall in line with your list. I think you have a, a probably most people feel similarly to you. I think most people like Carrie. I know they do. I don't think in in any of our top fives though would be. Um, throw anybody off in their top five because mine's Carrie, Misery, Christine, Dead Zone, and The Mist. Mine's Misery, The Mist, Dead Zone, Cujo, and The Running Man. Cujo yeah, I, might throw some people. Um, I think those are all beloved genre movies. Yeah. Um, and a whole lot of C titles. No kidding. And Mist and Misery, too. Those are similar. Mystery. mystery. The Mystery. The Miz. The Miz. Mizzen and Main. Um, and then, um, maximum silver overdrive bullet. <laughs> <laughs> maximum silver drive. <laughs> Hi, my name is Maximum Max. Maximum silver drive. <laughs> well, that closes up yeah. the Spring King fling. I have a feeling at some point again, we'll be back for another Spring King fling. That was a real hoot. That was good. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's safe. To mention that we're also going to be on a couple of Stephen yeah. King related podcasts too. 
Yeah. The King Cast. Mm -hmm, The King Cast. And then uh, I will be talking about a new Stephen King movie. On The Big Picture, which is a podcast that I adore. Yes, same. I'm very excited to be on. It's fun to get to go to other people's houses. Yeah. Uh, I mean, metaphorical houses. Yeah. Uh, They're pod houses. Right, they're pod houses. So people can, uh, I guess, hear us in that too. But, uh, oh man, I can't uh, can't wait to come back for some Chucky and then roll into some Chucky and to some yuppies. Chucky and yuppies. Chucky and yuppies. We do have to, I was thinking we got to come up with a um, a funny season name for the child's play. Or is it just in Chucky we trust with Gucky? Gucky and Rust. I mean, it'd be good to go back to the to the roots sometimes for, yeah. for the franchises. Yeah. I think in Chucky we trust with Gucky and Rust. <laughs> it's Gucky is so up. cute. It's like a <laughs> Ducky's cousin who comes to visit and gets into trouble. Hi, I'm Matt Gucky. Oh, you're more unappealing than Ducky. <laughs> yeah. No. Can you believe it? I can't. Well, get so ready for eight weeks of me. <laughs> Uh, Matt, a pleasure as always. Oh, so friend. much a pleasure. And uh, we'll say goodbye to the free listeners for a number of weeks, but the Patreon subscribers, you will continue to have us in your ears yeah. and we'll be back late June, early July. Cool. Yes. Thank All you right. guys for listening so much. We really appreciate it. So much. Bye-bye. Bye. For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early. Plus, monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash withgorleyandrust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com, and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Gorley, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.